comfortable pews and good folks to fellowship with. You know, compare where you are with what this picture shows and uh, recognize, huh, this is a whole lot better. <laughs> and yet, there are people that are crazy enough to do that. <laughs> Buffalo... Buffalo has six feet of snow, over six feet of snow. And uh, I think they had to move their home game with the Cleveland Browns. And Cleveland probably has a lot of snow, too. They had to move it to Detroit. And you could pretty well guess that there are people braving the roads from Buffalo to Detroit and Cleveland to Detroit just to support their team. I'm glad you're here in the house of the Lord and uh, supporting Jesus Christ. Not that he needs the support, I guess supporting his kingdom and uh, doing a work for the Lord. All right. That's not very wise, I think, to sit in a stadium covered with snow like that. Because <laughs> wisdom waits. That's the title of our lesson this morning. Wisdom waits. And uh, the, the aspect of uh, rushing about and uh, uh, trying to get uh, things done in a hurry and so on, sometimes is not wise. Sometimes you've got to do it that way. But wisdom is going to monitor time and uh, do uh, things according to uh, just the way it should work. Now, our focus verse is taken from Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. And uh, the first uh, part of the, the verse, I think, is something we can uh, very much put our trust in. And then uh, the rest of it um, just allow wisdom to direct us. He hath made, and we know creation is his specialty, and uh, he uh, did a wondrous work of uh, creation, and uh, I'm thankful that there are things beautiful. Now, in his time, you know, seven days, uh, six days the Lord worked, and the seventh day he rested, giving us a principle of renewal, restoration, uh, that we need to follow. But in his time, he can work in our lives. Yes. He can change situations that are ugly, for lack of a better word. He can change things that need to be fixed. In his time, yes. he can do that work. And I'm thankful that we can understand <clears throat> and wisely wait for the Lord to bring about his change and his touch in our lives. He set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So there's an element of trust that has to be in place in our relationship with the Lord. Who is the beginning and the end according to the scripture? Jesus is. And uh, uh, three phrases uh, the Lord uses in Revelation 22 and 13. Alpha and Omega, first and last, beginning and the end. 
I think that that's more than poetic. That's more than uh, nice prose that we could look at and say, okay, that's the, that's the final word. I think that's something that we can recognize. Time is in his hands, eternity is in his hands, and he's the one that we've got to trust. You've heard me refer to Isaiah 46.10 many, many times. He knows the end from the beginning. And uh, that's who we need to trust. That's who we need to look to, look to and call upon so that I can patiently wait. Wisdom waits. Patiently wait and trust God for his timing in my life. And I'm thankful that he's able to minister to us. Now, the icebreaker, I didn't even know they had an icebreaker, but here it is. What is the fastest you have ever driven to avoid being late? Now, if you want to plead the Fifth Amendment, uh, you can. <laughs> but if you want to share something about uh, being uh, late, that's fine, too. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I wasn't late. I was responding to an emergency. Sister Glover uh, was going to Anchorage with the Churchills, and uh, I got a call. They rolled over just short of the Y on the way to Anchorage. And so I jumped in my vehicle and took off. And I pushed the speed limit, of course. And um, on the straightaway, it, it was, it was uh, the first week of December, I think, right? Oh, in January. So even worse. <laughs> but on the straightaways, I took off. I think I hit 70 on some of the straightaways. Now, I didn't want to be in an accident, responding to an accident. But uh, I thought, well... I need to get there in a hurry. And thankfully, the car was full. It had uh, four adults and two little ones. Yes. And uh, one of the three little ones. Three little ones. Ellis and oh, that's right. Ellis was uh, just an infant then, too. And the one that uh, was the youngest slept through the whole thing. <laughs> The wrecker came and put the van upright, and uh, I put all of them in uh, our SUV, and then I drove the van uh, back and stuff everywhere. And it's amazing that there wasn't a major injury. Um, had to stop and put air in the tire and, uh, and got them back over here. But thank the Lord. It was a, a good outcome in terms of uh, no injury. Uh, the van didn't look so good, but it was rolling and it was running. So that was good. I don't know what I would have said if the trooper had uh, pulled me over going 70 on some of those straightaways. But, uh, I'd just tell him, I'm in a hurry. There's an accident up here. And I'm sure he would have said, too bad. You get a ticket. <laughs> well, anybody want to confess? <laughs> All right. <laughs>
North Eagle River exit. On the far side of the exit, there's a really great hill for okay. sledding and snowboarding. And um, uh, so I'm teaching a Bible study at the church, and I get a phone call in the middle of the Bible study saying uh, that we are pretty sure that David broke his arm. Oh, no. And so I walk back out, and I say, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Lord bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loaded you're on your own. <laughs> Absolutely, you're on your own. No, I think that I think that somebody agreed to, to take them home. But um, from Eagle River to Anchorage and um, the urgent care knew I was coming because I called them, I believe. I don't remember. Anyway, in and out of traffic. Oh, yeah. goodness. <laughs> well, his, his arm looked like a roll of dough that somebody had just pushed down. And he's moaning and groaning, and I'm sorry, son, I'm sorry. I oh, yeah. Don't want yeah. To, and this was, you know, January something. Anyway, um, yeah, the urgent care took x-rays and said, we're sorry, we cannot do this. And they gave us the x-rays and sent us to the hospital, called ahead, so we just had to walk right in. Oh, you didn't have to get back in the vehicle and drive 80, 90. No, no, no. I, okay, oh, I did. Okay. No, no, I did. I did get <laughs> into the car and I drove to the hospital. But by all then, right. I knew what was going on and they were all prepared and uh, it ended up in surgery. But it, it's all right. It, there, were, there was no police officer. I don't wow. know where all the troopers were. I'm sure the, the road was not in as great a condition as <laughs> in the summertime. In the January, it's probably pretty slippery. The Lord had his hand on yes. on you, even though you were going fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, my goodness. You know, um, uh, running late for, uh, for situations is probably part of our, part of our lives. Just don't make a habit of it. But, uh, I remember reading a... a a suggestion. This was back in the days of just landlines only. We didn't have cell phones then. But you know how it was? And you're, you got your coat on, you got your keys in your hand, and the phone rings, and you're tied up. You know, you're, you, you, you're, it's an important call. You're trying to hurry, and it makes you even more late. The suggestion was very simple leave 10 minutes early. You'll miss the phone ringing. You'll have time in your car to make it to your appointment or work or whatever. I tried doing that, and it worked. Worked fine. <laughs> just, so try it. Leave 10 minutes early. And, uh, of course, your cell phone is there with you, and uh, you can choose to answer it or choose to wait and call back. But uh, I, I think... Working with the time like that is important. Okay, question for the veterans. The veterans here. Wake up, veterans. There we go. What is the longest um, that you stood at attention on the parade grounds, the grinder, whatever it was called? But, you know, when your company is all lined up there, and uh, for whatever reason they got you all lined up there, 
and you're standing there and waiting and waiting and waiting. What was the longest that you stood at attention? You think back? An hour or hours? Wow. That's a long time. Was that in San Diego, I hope? Oh. Okay, so that's, this is my second question. What was the, uh, the rank of the officer? That, a captain, okay. Any other veterans on a way in here? Oh, no. Uh, that's a rough one. Yeah, and that, that, that often happened. Uh, you got the punishment for one stupid guy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the problem. Um, Well, that's waiting, I guess. Fear and trembling. <laughs> Brother Merle? Wow. You know, I was thinking, I don't know, uh, I've not been in the military, I, I don't know, but I was thinking it would be half hour, 45 minutes. But here you guys stood for over uh, hours. Amazing. Okay, imagine in your mind now a group of soldiers, <clears throat> they're lined up, they're going to be inspected or reviewed, whatever the, the process is, and... Um, uh, they've been waiting for a long time and continue waiting. And uh, you can imagine sweat dripping off the end of your nose or a fly buzzing around or whatever. And finally, here comes the officer on his horse. And uh, he's crossing in front of all of the soldiers that are lined up there, a large, a large group, large group, I'm not sure... Uh, of course, larger than company, I don't know the, the names, regiment, battalion, whatever. But all of a sudden, the general's horse acts up. And everybody's still standing there, and, and the horse is prancing around and rearing and so on. And uh, the general's having trouble getting him under control. And finally, one of the soldiers breaks ranks and comes and grabs the reins and quiets the horse, and hands the reins back to Napoleon. And Napoleon said, thank you, Captain. He was a private. I don't know if that's protocol now to get promoted on the spot like that, but uh, that's what Napoleon did for that soldier who helped him with his horse. 
And uh, if Napoleon said it, I'm sure it became fact. He's now a captain. Timing. Timing was important there. And uh, timing, I think, is important for all of us. Our daily lives are governed by time. Uh, there are those who like to um, get up um, at uh, a very early morning, way earlier than they need to, and uh, leisurely drink their coffee. And then there are those who scramble madly, pouring their freshly made coffee into a to-go cup and uh, looking for their keys, looking for their code, looking for their gloves, their hat, and make a skidding dash out of the house, um, trying not to spill their coffee. There's uh, just a lot of different scenes, I think, that happen with people who are trying to manage uh, their time. And then the next day, all over again, same thing. <laughs> Uh, wisdom didn't quite enter into the situation to follow the 10 minutes earlier that uh, was advised, and, and here we go again. The mad dash, and um, probably speeding to get to work or uh, school or whatever. Now, think about some phrases that are common about time. Phrases that uh, we use to either describe time or uh, talk about time or uh, whatever. What, what kind of phrases do we use relative to time? Time flies. Time flies. Yeah. What is it? Time is money. Sure enough. Okay. Time what? Okay. Time and tide, you know, usually is added in there. Tide. Uh, okay. So, we, we are aware of time, obviously, and uh, we make reference to time in a lot of different ways. Um, a whale of a time and so on. Uh, Jonah wouldn't agree with you there, but... Um, we, we recognize, okay, we're, uh, we're creatures of time. We waste time. We kill time. Somebody said the best way to kill time is to work it to death. <laughs> and there are those who don't agree with that, and they'll work harder at avoiding work than they will <laughs> just trying to jump in and get the job done. But time... Uh, uh, the scripture says is, uh, has a purpose, a time to every purpose, the Bible says. And uh, thank God in his creation, it wasn't uh, helter-skelter, it wasn't hobnob, or, you know, however we might refer to a job getting done. The Lord was orderly and um, put things together uh, in the manner that he wanted it done. And, and he comp complimented his own work. It's good. God does a good work. And I'm thankful we can put our trust in him to direct us and to guide us. But sometimes we fail to manage our time as well as we should. And um, the, uh, I like Psalm 90 and 12. Let's take a moment uh, to look there. 
Psalm 90 and 12. Because th these are wise words, I think, to help us to understand where we need to be. Um, the psalmist is asking the Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now, we don't know how many days our life is going to hold. My, my mother-in-law turned uh, 89 yesterday. 89, my goodness. That's a lot of years. And so um, she can count the number of uh, days that those 89 years make up. But I think it's also important to make the days count. Don't just let them go by one after the other, flipping the calendar. Goodness, here we are already, November 20th. It's gone by so very fast in this year. But make them count. You've heard of a bucket list? I guess that's in reference to kicking the bucket. I don't know where that came from. But everybody's got a bucket list, or some people have a bucket list. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know what's most important if people have a so-called bucket list? Salvation. That needs to be at the top of the list. That needs to be. I need to make sure I'm right with God. I need to make sure I'm serving the Lord. I need to make sure I'm obeying his word, fulfilling his word, receiving the promises of his word. Amen. Because that will make everything else, provided it's legitimate and legal, that will make everything else way more enjoyable and promising and able to fulfill what we need to have in wisely applying our lives. No, we go through uh, hardships. Uh, there's no denying that life can get very difficult sometimes. We suffer loss. Uh, we mourn. We are uh, injured. Um, uh, disease uh, attacks us. Uh, just any number of things that would um, uh, create a, a, a time of uh, hardship. And it takes time to heal. Uh, what's that phrase about healing? Uh, time heals all wounds. It helps, but there are some things uh, you're just not going to forget. Um, and, and I'm sure you've had it happen to you just like me. All of a sudden, tears are there. And you're remembering a loved one, uh, or what you, usually it's a, a relative or a friend or, or something like that that's going to trigger those tears, and you're just going to have a moment where you're remembering. And uh, David uh, said something interesting in Psalm 56 and 8. I don't know why <clears throat> he... Uh, referred to tears in a bottle, tears in God's book. Uh, maybe he was. Well, let me let me get your idea. What what what's David or whoever the psalmist is that wrote that 
Psalm 56, 8. What, what was he referring to? Why was he talking about tears in, uh, and I think it says, maybe put that verse up, Brother Aaron, uh, Psalm 56, 8. Maybe he's, well, he is referring to uh, God's bottle, God's book. Uh, my tears are in your bottle. They're written in your book. Is that what it says? <clears throat> um, why is he saying that? Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Why is he making that reference? Are they, is he thinking they're important to God? Is he hoping that God sees the time of tears that he's going through? You know, you stop and think, there are tear ducts in the corners of your eyes. Who put them there? Who designed it that way? And uh, it's more than just to make your eyes functional, because there's emotional connections. Strong emotions make those tear ducts work. And God designed it, I think, that way so that there would be a relief valve built in to you. Otherwise, my goodness, uh, the stress that would build, the, uh, the sorrow that would mount, the, you, know, you just stop and think about all of that would, uh, would happen in your, um, your, to your well-being if there wasn't that relief. And... Um, I think that's what David is referring to. Maybe you've got a, a another idea. Anybody? Okay. Exactly. Put it in God's hands, and hope is going to secure you. In fact, the Bible says hope is an anchor of your soul. And if we're, um, if we're imaging or imagining uh, God has a bottle and he's keeping your tears as a reminder of what you've gone through, the sorrow you've faced, the mourning you've had, uh, the trouble that you've experienced, um, wow. That would be uh, that would be a thing. Asia, did you have a comment, or are you just stretching? <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> no, all right. God is for me. That's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? So I would imagine, like, it's always, always been intriguing to me that David puts himself, gets into 
Mm-hmm. And verse 9, uh, at the continuation there of the recognition, okay, um, this is hard, this is difficult, and I don't understand it, but God is for me. And, uh, and recognizing uh, that there's care, there's concern, there's help, there's assistance, there's understanding, there's compassion, uh, all of this we can look to uh, from the Lord. And, oh my, where would we be without it? Amen. Sister Donna. I was uh, referencing, and I I couldn't find the reference in the concordance in the back of my Bible, but isn't there a reference of either a vial or a bowl or something in Revelation that's poured out that it is the tears of of all that have been collected that are poured out on the earth The Lord, twice in Revelation, the Lord says, or or John writes, God's going to wipe away all tears. And uh, oh, what a promise. (laughs) Amen. Because tears are very much a part of our experience, and they're triggered by uh, any number of things. And um, and they're tears of joy, I know, but uh, more than likely, the majority of pain, sorrow, terror, hurt. But uh, I'm thankful the Lord understands. Did you find it? 5-8. Five, 5-8. Eight. Five, eight. Okay, Revelation 5-8. I'm just going to uh, read the NLT version of verse 8. Okay. Uh, it says, You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle, and you have recorded each one in your book. Okay, so, uh, so David in, in the NLT version there is really expressing confidence in uh, recognizing, God, you don't ignore me, even though there are many times that he claims that. Uh, God, you don't forsake me, even though he felt that at times. Uh, He's trying to assure himself. He's trying to recognize, Lord, you're there for me, even when I, uh, I don't recognize it. And so, waiting... That waiting can get difficult sometimes, but you're wise if you wait, and uh, the Lord is going to turn your, your situation around. You keep, you keep serving him with all your might. Uh, let me ask you, uh, there are times that it seems like God is silent, and times it seems like the answer is evading you. And um, it seems like 
oh my goodness, how am I going to get through this? My question is, what did help you get through? What did bring you through that time of silence when it seemed like there's no answer? How did you make it? What was there to uh, bring you along? It may not have been just one thing, but try to think of uh, something that was a, a help to you, a boost uh, to you. And now, now you've come through, like the Bible says, uh, the Lord says, I'll bring you through the waters, I'll bring you through the river, I'll bring you through the fire. Obviously, you got through, and here you are today, looking back on uh, that situation. What, what Brother Rick? Others have made it. They're, they're examples of faithfulness and strength, and so you took courage from that both in the Scripture and in real life. Okay, examples. What else? Okay. Just feeling that God knows and uh, his purpose or uh, his design, whatever, uh, however we want to describe it, is being fulfilled. And we're going we're gonna to hold on. You know, I think about Job in, in that circumstance. My goodness. Lord, deliver us from any Job experiences. Well, we had Job experiences, I guess. There's no, the Lord has brought us through. But the, the, the loss, uh, uh, just amazing. Uh, but the Lord brought him through and, and uh, brought him into even more. And that's, that's what we're going to hold on to. His hand back here. The exerting your will, I will serve the Lord. I will stay true to him. I will hold to the word of God. That, uh, it just comes back to um, understanding you've got to exercise that willpower. You've, you've got to have a backbone. You know, uh, the scripture talks about no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. Uh, that's not just talking about walking on your hind legs. That's talking about you know, serving the Lord with an uprightness and not falling and uh, losing. Other hand here. Yeah.
you look back and remember how he brought you through before and know what's going to happen again. Okay. Looking back on experiences, knowing God's been faithful, and waiting on him and his faithfulness uh, again. Because uh, life is going to throw hard things at you. It's not fair. <laughs> and uh, you've got to be able to... Thank God there's, there is an anchor. There's one that we can turn to who's not going to make things worse. He's going to make things better. And we patiently wait. And, uh, and thank God he shows up again and ministers again. Amen. Brother Levi. All right, there are no half measures with the Lord. He does things in abundance, and uh, that's, that's our hope. And he does it again and again, uh, just countless times. I think if we look back on our experiences, and the Lord's been there. Did you have a comment, Mike? <laughs> they refused to quit praying for it, and uh, I got it. I think yesterday, maybe or the day before, finally. And so I was giving, I was telling Jasmine, Jasmine, like, thank you so very much for all your prayers, and and uh, you know, I'm so impressed that you kept praying when I gave up. And Jasmine said, I just, I've seen God come through too many times. Eight years old. I've seen God come through so many times. <laughs> now, remember, delay is not denial. Uh, we've got we've to hold on to that. Delay is not denial. You, you look at the Lord eight days in the temple, or eight, eight days old in the temple, 12 years old in the temple. Why was there a wait from 12 years old to 30 years old? Why not 18? No, 21. And, uh, and, and like that. Now, uh, w we know the priesthood didn't start until you were 30. So that's probably what he was adhering to. But wow, he crammed a lot into those three years, didn't he? Uh, between uh, John the Baptist's pronouncement and uh, the resurrection. A lot crammed in there. And we thank God that uh, there was the power that he could bring forth. Now, the scripture tells us in the fullness of time, Galatians 4 and 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, and so on. Again, why that wait? And, and uh, in your Bible, there's probably a, a connection of, of the Old Testament, the New Testament, 400 silent years. They were silent in terms of a word uh, written and uh, the scribes being able to record and so on. But was God motionless? Was he inactive? Oh, no. There were lots of things that were happening. The Babylonians, then the Medes and the Persians, then Alexander the Great. You, you follow world history. Uh, th this is the sequence. That's what the Bible records, and that is the sequence of world history. Alexander the Great made Greek language common. 
Greek scholars writing their language. That's what the New Testament was written in. Then the Romans, and there all leads, all roads lead to Rome. Lots of roads. That's what the apostles traveled on, so that they could uh, uh, present the gospel. That's where Jesus and the disciples uh, made their way on. So it wasn't silent in the sense that nothing was going on. The Lord was behind the scenes, as it were, doing things. And that's what we've got to understand is sometimes the Lord is behind the scenes doing a work. Or he's working on the other end of your situation and bringing about a change. I thank the Lord that he's able to bring about those changes. Now, Galatians 6 and 9. My word, our time is just flying <laughs> when you're having fun. Galatians 6 and 9. There's two negatives there. And then a real strong positive. Let us not be weary and let's not faint. The positive is we shall reap in due season. So don't be weary, don't faint, because it is going to happen. The power of the Lord is going to take place. Now, the mistake that we often see people make is what Felix did, who was talking to the Apostle Paul. Felix heard Paul preach about righteousness, temperance, and judgment. Now, this was not his first exposure to godly things. You look at, at uh, Acts 24 and verse 22, if you'd put that one up, brother. Acts 24, 22. Here's something that I hadn't noticed before. I usually jump on, on verse 25 and uh, he heard Paul reason. You know, Paul was very gifted, very eloquent, very knowledgeable. And he could present these topics of righteousness, temperance, and judgment. But look at what it says there about Felix having knowledge, perfect knowledge of that way. Did he know about the miracles? Did he, was he uh, aware of the resurrection? How could you not be aware of the resurrection? My word, that, that would be an incredible topic that no doubt went through the land um, and throughout the land. And Felix, being the governor, would have to be aware of it. Um, all of the teachings of, of, of Paul, the changed lives of, of people, he, he had knowledge of this. And yet, he, he says, and uh, go ahead and go to verse 25 now. And yet, he says, when it's convenient for me, I'll talk to you again. When it's, uh, when it's, it's going to work out for me, when it, it, it fits in my schedule, I'll... Uh, I'll summon you again, Paul, and we'll have a discussion. Actually, he was hoping for a bribe from the followers of Paul to release uh, Paul. And uh, money got in the way of what would have been so great and so wonderful in a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
money got in the way. There are lots of things that get in the way of people today. And, and wisdom says, you know, hold on. Wisdom says, wait on the Lord. But there are a lot of people that are seeking other things that aren't going to bring satisfaction, aren't going to bring fulfillment, aren't going to provide what they need to. But in, instead, we need to be intentional. Now, good intentions left alone aren't going to be profitable. Good intentions becoming real action is where we're able to reap the benefits. And that's, that's the movement uh, that it's got to be. Not just good intentions in, in what I intend to do, but if I can put legs on those intentions, put action to those intentions, it's going to turn out good. It's going to work. Amen. And thank the Lord we're able to bring about the, uh, the aspects that we desire to see. So knowing God's timing, trusting God's timing, and having the wisdom to wait when things don't, don't happen the way we want. And then, you know, that's, that's where we've got to be. I sat on a plane in Ketchikan. Ketchikan's airport is across the water from the town. Um, it was raining. And rain water coming down that window. Um, and it matched the tears that came to my eyes. I was uh, heading back to Bible school um, my second year. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just thought, well, I'll just go back to Bible college for another year, I guess. And I looked across, and it hit me. Ketchikan needs a church. Ketchikan needs to hear the Word of God. And uh, that's where I felt the call to preach. That was in 1970. I didn't get to Ketchikan until 1980. Ten years. God's timing. That's what we've got to commit to. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that we can put our trust in you. We thank you, Lord, that we can wait and know, Lord, that your wisdom is going to be displayed. Your power is going to come forth. Help us, Lord Jesus, I pray, to commit ourselves to make our will align with your will. And know, Lord Jesus, that you will provide and you will bless and you will minister. Use us, God, I pray, in your will, in your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness now. In Jesus' great name. Amen.